Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to be taking a look at something that is just not paid enough attention to, and that is our public school education. We have joining us today on a roundtable a few students that uh, a dear friend of mine, Gerard Senehy, has assembled who are part of a program that he has been administrating for the past several years called the Open Future Institute. And through this institute, students are given a chance to ask another series of questions about the nature of their schooling, their education, their expectations, what is meaningful to them in school and in general in life itself, what are their values, and what are they looking forward to in the future and why, what's in the way of it, what's helping support it, and it's beautiful, beautiful work. It's taking education to a whole other octave, if you will, and uh, I think so well of Gerard and his work over the course of time and what I've learned about what he's been doing with these students, I've invited them all on, not all, but a few, uh, to join us here today and to talk about some of these issues that they're facing as young people in this uh, amazing, wild and woolly world and to see what they have to say. Their voices are not heard enough in the media. And this is an opportunity for that to happen. So I'd love to welcome you all to A Better World. I'm so glad you're here with me today. And uh, Gerard, if you're uh, with us, I'd love to ask you to uh, first just kind of kick this off and set a context for us, if you will, of what the Open Future Institute is and what motivated you to start such an enterprise as this. Great. Hi, Mitchell. Thank you so much for the introduction and the space here. Absolutely. Great to have um, you. So, well, I started Open Future Institute and the project that's called the Question Project because I felt that uh, my own education hadn't really prepared me for the bigness of life, what life is all about. And if you're not prepared, then you just, you know, for me, I just stumbled around to try and find my way. Mm-hmm. So it's really um, like so many do, Gerard. Right? So many yeah, do stumble exactly. around and in the dark. Hard. Figure it out. Yeah. 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 So um, and we set out to do it uh, formally in education as a semester-long class, so that it has the weightiness and importance that it deserves, because it should be part of education that we prepare students not just for college and career, but really for who we are, what life is about, and what is our role in it. Yes. Beautiful. These are the important questions that get pushed aside. And even many teachers don't even ask themselves these questions, but they're truly foundational to a life well-lived. If you don't ask yourself these fundamental questions, I mean, who are we anyway, you know? Yeah, and they're very challenging questions to address. So it was very, you know, it was hard work to make these questions real and not just a philosophical abstraction. So that was, you know, we spent three years building this with students. And the schools where you work are in the Bronx, 
And where else? Tell me a little bit about those schools. Uh, mostly they're in the Bronx, and then we have a few in different boroughs uh, scattered, and then two in L.A. Oh, my. That's uh, a greater breadth. Wonderful. Well, we have people listening, Gerard, from actually all over the world, so I think this could be interesting for people who are in Europe and Asia and South America to learn about what initiatives you've begun here in uh, the Great Big Apple. So uh, I'm I'm excited to learn more. Um, are the students ready to uh, hop in? I'll take that as a yes. Hello. Okay. Hi. Hi. Uh, who is that? Hi, I'm Natalia. Hi. Natalia, hi. Okay, good. The first one who jumps in gets to talk first. So let me just say a word about you, Natalia. I have a little brief bio on you. Natalia Inoa, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Natalia is a question project founding member studying computer science at Hunter College. After high school, she has been a passionate ambassador and alumni leader for the question project. And I also saw that you are on the um, Open Future website. I guess you help them out administratively. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. That's wonderful, That's wonderful. So please talk to us. What What is your experience of the Open Future Institute? What was your experience of school? Has it enriched your experience of school? Uh, yes. So I, took, I, I started uh, working with Gerard in the question project. Just try, and try to speak a little louder for, you know, so it, you have to be able to carry over to uh, Tokyo, Japan. Okay, sounds sounds great. Hi. <laughs> I'm playing with sound you. Better? You don't have to talk that loud, but a little, oh, that's much better. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So I I got in in with the question project my junior year of high school, and uh, we did a lot of like events together, and I was part of uh, a school event where I got to read a poem out loud to my entire school, and that mm. was an that was that was the first time that took me out of my shell. I was always like a very shy person, really reserved. And through the question project, I really was able to become more more into myself, like get out of my shell. After after high school, then I continued. I, I were I continued with the question project. I was like I was decided that you know what, let me um, volunteer because. I, I got so much out of it, and it will probably enrich me more the more I mm-hmm. spend time. Um, the more I spend time with with them, so over time, um, I volunteered. I did a lot of work with students and school. We went to different schools, and I was able to take leadership roles. The more the more time I spend with them, so this is where I am now, and in. In school, it, the way it affects school and college, it affects me even more. It's more important now, the life lessons I learned from the question project than, than it was when I was in high school. Interesting, sure. Well, you know, I think you are exemplifying something, Natalia, that's so important, which is that when we teach something to others and share our own knowledge and our own experience, something magical happens. 
we own what we know more deeply and we feel that we're becoming very useful to others and there's probably no better feeling that we get inside. It sounds like you're experiencing that. Yeah, very much so. That's beautiful. I have to ask you, Inoa, that's so interesting a name. I mean, is it Hawaiian or Polynesian? Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it sounds Hawaiian, but it's it's actually from a small, it comes from a small village in Spain. Like I'm actually, I'm. Some people think I in my resumes when they, I come in for interviews, they they expect it like a Hawaiian or something like that. But I'm actually Dominican. <laughs> okay. Well, so I'm not that far off. Okay. So. Oh, that's yeah. great. No, it's such an interesting day. But thanks for the geography lesson. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I let, let me point out that of the three students, you you just took a leadership role here too by chiming in and uh, on a radio show that you might not have done before. So, uh, you know, congratulations for us <laughs> in the ancient Chinese language Mazeltov. Thank you for being part of it. That's <laughs> Thank really you so much it. for it's having me. Chinese. You're so welcome. <laughs> so uh, Marielis Munoz uh, is also a Question Project founding member who served as a teacher assistant for the Question Project after taking the class herself, and she's been studying radiology after high school and dreams of one day opening up her own art studio for children with disabilities and depression. Wow. I like that ambition. Yes. Marielis, hola. Hi. Bienvenidos. Welcome. Gracias. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. We'll do the rest in English if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, I'll be over my head <laughs> in no time. Uh, so tell our audience, tell us a little bit about your experience of the Question Project and how do you feel it has enriched you? How has it touched you? Um, so when Gerard and his program came to the school, I was actually a freshman. And mm-hmm. the class was only administered to the seniors and the juniors, the upperclassmen. But when they were doing this show in the auditorium, I saw actually Natalia perform her poem. And I was pretty curious about what the you know class was about. Yeah. And um, I took my the Question Project class junior year of high school also. And... Um, I was pretty shy also, pretty nervous, but I was also pretty curious about the questions. And they really connected to me and my life and my life of questioning. And um, I took the class. I loved the topics. I loved the questions. I loved the deeper meaning and trying to get to life and get to know myself even more. And I was approached um, to Gerard and my high school teacher during senior year, and they asked me if I wanted to be a teacher assistant for the class. Mm. So we actually, like, um, taught an array of students. So we actually made it to become grades of freshman, junior, um, junior, senior, and sophomore. And when I was teaching the class, I I felt really connected into what the students were talking about and their experiences mm-hmm. and how they're using these life lessons and these life questions outside the classroom. 
And, and also, what did you discover? Uh, what did you hear? What was it about their application of these questions to, let's say, outside the classroom? So that's their family, their social life, uh, like that, that you found meaningful. So when when they would come to me after class, they would tell me, oh, like I really had a deep, meaningful conversation with my family that like I never experienced. And, you know, mm-hmm. talking about these things really brought us closer together. Yeah. And I really was interested, I was really happy that we have a class where we have a safe space to open up about what we think about in life questions and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if I remember back myself to junior high school and high school, I don't remember being asked the questions that you were posed yeah. by Gerard and his team. Uh, it was much more about learn these math lessons, learn these science lessons, yeah. learn these English lessons, memorize these facts in history. It was uh, of very mental. And that's, by mm-hmm. the way, an incredibly important development for our lives. I mean, yes, let's not important. kid ourselves. It's not one or mm-hmm. the other. It's really both and. And knowing Gerard as I do and knowing what I'm feeling is the essence of what's going on here. It's not borrowing on the intellectual development at all, but it is supplementing with these deeper perspectives, these deeper energies, if you will, that if, you know, it's like life is maybe a deep well, and if we just kind of hang out on the surface of it, what are we going to end up with? Just another Facebook profile or something, you know, whereas yeah. when we ask these deeper questions, <laughs> you know, it's like our soul is getting engaged, something way beyond anything you're otherwise learning in school or might even learn in church for that matter. You know, they may give a yeah. little talk about it, but here I'm sure under Gerard and his team's, you know, supervision and assistance and support, you're going to be resonating deeply inside your own heart and soul with what's really yeah. important to you. What's this life about? Anyway, Alfie, that's from an old movie, by the way, an old song too. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so that's what I'm hearing a bit from you, Murielis, you know, that that's what uh, got stirred up for you. And I mean, honestly, I don't think there can be anything more important than that. I really don't is that there's the intellectual, there's emotion, intellectual intelligence, emotional intelligence, and something we could really fairly call spiritual intelligence. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. <laughs> does it? And that resonates? You know, I think that we've all got to kind of reckon with ourselves personally uh, relative to these levels of development and see where we are on that scale, you know, in comparison to ourselves. I mean, we're always comparing ourselves to others. I mean, that's not going to stop, <laughs> but it's not nearly as important as looking at our own development, you know, sort of on our own journey and uh, lifeline. So thank you. Thank you. Gracias, Patoro. I appreciate your, your thank input. Thank you for here. having me. <laughs> sure. Me placer. Uh, Justin Medina. Justin works and studies full-time as an apprentice to become a journeyman. Wow, I like that name. I like that. 
and electromechanical tech. Recently, he has joined the Youth Advisory Council as a founding member. Hello, Justin. Welcome to A Better World. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. I can, yeah. Uh, Isn't it nice to be welcomed to a better world? (laughs) Yes. Thank you for welcoming us. (laughs) Of course, of course. It's kind of nice. It's sort of like, can you imagine if God said, welcome to my world, everyone. I'm so glad to have you. Your presence is so important. (laughs) It's been done. (laughs) It's been done. So, Justin, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying having you all on, as you can tell. I, I like I to, you know, uh, I think we're make... having a great time on your show. Good, good, good. There's uh, a role, I mean, just as we talk about intellectual intelligence and emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence, I think we ought to have another one called humor intelligence. <laughs> you like that idea? I, I was always It's resonating with me. Justin. Like the, um, the mediator between everything. Yes, exactly. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you connected to uh, the Open Future Institute and what you've been experiencing there and what you have been gaining there. Okay. um, Well, the way that I got introduced to the Open Future Institute was in high school, uh, similar as everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a transfer student to my school, so this program was kind of the only place where I felt comfortable because I came from the South, so I came from a really big school, and the environment was really different than the environment in New York. So this is the only place where I felt like I could uh, express myself freely and creatively. And the program also challenged us to not think like high school kids, but to think like adults and ask questions for yourself and then go seek those answers. And that was something that mm. broke the system of high school at the time, which is why I was so intrigued to it. And it helped to for my um, understanding on life now. You always need to ask questions, and you always need to seek your own answers. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. It's interesting that that's the only place you felt comfortable in the, in the school setting. So it's like the school setting itself was not really providing you the, let's say, the heartfelt a uh, sense of acceptance or engagement. You really needed something else that you were not finding in the in the classroom. Exactly. Is that a fair and thing to say? That, yeah, and the question project was, uh, it wasn't only like a safe place for me, but all of um, my friends in high school and everyone that did the program, we were pretty much kids that felt like we had a an idea that was being silent. So at the question project, Gerard and everyone else there, they allowed us to speak our minds freely. Oh, my God. My God. What a relief, huh? You Can know, you that? I said, what a relief. Oh, yeah. yeah. It really was. What a relief to be that someone is expressing interest in what each of you have to say. You know, I mean, how often does that happen in life? that someone is actually showing interest and curiosity in what's on your mind. I mean, what are your ages, if you don't mind my asking? You guys aren't I'm old enough for to old. mind. You're 20? And okay. Muriel? I'm also 20. Okay. I'm 22. And Natalia, you're 20, 
22 or 20 also? Two. Oh, 22. 22. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. You're the elder. You're the elder. Yeah, so, I mean, isn't it true? I mean, how often do people really want to hear what you have to say in school if it's not a couple of memorized facts? You know, it's just, it's superficial, exactly. right? It's thin, and uh, it also has a role. I mean, part of life is... Um, knowing certain things, and uh, it is useful. I really don't want to not acknowledge that role, but these other levels have to do with our very existence on the planet, and I would love to see um, all your fellow students be asking themselves these deep, you know, resounding, life-challenging questions about What's my life about? I mean, why am I here? How did it happen? Well, we know a little bit about how it happened, but, uh, you know, what is the purpose of my life? Natalia, would you pick that up here, you know, and let's go through all of you, about what your sense of purpose is now that you've gone through this process and your sense of meaning in your life. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yes, of course. Um, you were mentioning earlier about um, emotional intelligence and how how one finds themselves, and that that is something where we didn't, you know, it's hard as high school students to grasp and understand like finding our purpose, but yet we are expected to quickly after high school go pick a college find something you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's such a big transition that doesn't that doesn't make sense in any sense of the word. Like, I know yeah. um, countries that are not the United States, like Europe, like, they give um, their, their students, they give pe- um, young people time to figure out themselves before they go into college. Yeah. But we're just yeah. thrown right in there. So for me, um, my sense of purpose now, it has always changed from high school to, but they to where I am, but overall, I would say um, I I have a strong um, I have a strong sense and a strong urge for to, for others. Like whatever I decide to do, I want to m- make life easier for other people. Especially, I would say immigrants as well. I, I notice myself resonating with um, a lot of the immigration issues and mm-hmm. you know dealing with people that they're you know are bringing bringing themselves from a different countries and into a whole new environment just mm-hmm. for, to have a better life so i think yeah so that's what i feel i i would like to one day be a part of and that's my sense of purpose that's my drive mm, that's beautiful that's beautiful. So do you mind if I just kind of comment on these comments that all of you are making just to tease out, if you will, certain aspects of it so maybe you could see it in a clearer light. So what I'm hearing here, Natalia, is, is very beautiful uh, because it's like as you reflect on the immigrant experience in the United States, It's a very rocky road. Now, life for everyone 
has its varying degrees of challenge and difficulty and rockiness, if you will. Um, the immigrant experience is one of the rockiest, and it's completely ironic and paradoxical and crazy because this nation is completely composed of immigrants. There's only one group that you could safely call uh, natives, and of course that's the native peoples themselves, the indigenous people, you know. The rest of us are immigrants in one shape or another. So, like, how is it that people who are, have once been immigrants acting so prejudicially against others who are more recently an immigrant? Are you with me? You hit it right, the nail on the head. Yeah, it's, uh, right. it's something, it's something we, we, um, we have to teach in school. Uh, I feel like that could tolerance, accepting of other people's different opinions and different cultures and difference, like the, the idea of being different is okay and can actually be beneficial to, and different ideas as well is, could, is the what we need in order to bring the next level of human society, of civilization. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well put. So I would say it's not only like a good thing, like let's be a little tolerant. It's sort of, you know, different opinions, different cultures. Nature made it that way. Do you know the idea of monocropping? No. Do you know what that means? Monocropping is when big ag, they call it, commercial agriculture, goes out and they own thousands of acres of beautiful farmland in the middle of this country, the breadbasket, they call it. And all they do is plant one crop, like corn. That's it. Thousands of acres, as far as the eye can see. One crop. Do you know what happens to that soil? It becomes completely depleted quickly. Because that corn is calling on the same nutrients over and over again, season to season, for thousands of acres, and the soil no longer has any good nutrients. However, there's a point to all of this. When farmers plant many different types of crops, soybeans, corn, radishes, tomatoes, greens, broccoli, etc. All different colors, all different shapes, all different sizes. You see where this is going. That soil is rich, it's nutritious, and it stays that way over time. You got it? You got oh, the picture? Yeah, last, um, I've actually heard of that. Yeah, that some crop bringing nutrients the other one would not would, needs, and another one takes and, and and takes out nutrients that the another crop may need. Exactamente, exactamente. That's the way it works. Nature designed <laughs> us to be different. It's not like, oh, would you please accept me? I'm I'm just a little radish. 
No, no. It's designed <laughs> that way, that we have people from the north and people from the south and people who are yellow and people who are red and people who are black and people who are brown. And, you know, we even have one person around these days who's orange. We have to accept him, too. Difficult as that can be. I'm making a bad political joke. Sorry. Okay. Don't all laugh at once. It's okay. I won't take it personally. But no, I'm I'm being a little playful, but you understand my point. What you're endeavoring on is absolutely in accord with nature, and it's in accord with your own nature, and that's beautiful. So your heart got touched by looking at the suffering of others, a group in particular, not to say you wouldn't feel compassion for others going through different other types of experience, but there's something about that immigrant experience that particularly touches you in your life. And so you would be fulfilling a higher calling, if you don't mind my saying, by staying true to that feeling, Talia, as your life continues forward. And it may take many different forms and many different paths, but that feeling in your heart will be guiding you towards something, I believe, very creative and very productive. So gracias for your input here. Really appreciate it. Murialis, you see where I'm going with all this, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. You want to pick up and uh, abla? Well, um, when I see it like towards how it catered to me, um, coming from a Latino family and them always like shuddering the world around me, I was mm-hmm. always pretty curious uh, about life and health and who I am and, you know, it not being my parents trying to put these different morals in me, it's coming from me. And, mm-hmm. you know, after high school and after taking this class, um, I found to be more true to myself and to experience life more and keep those morals, but also make some of my own. Yes. And, um, well, I took, I took upon myself to... Um, have a purpose in helping people with them emotionally and, you know, mentally. Mm-hmm. And I want to help them in more of a creative way. Because um, mm-hmm. um, when I was younger, I've always loved to, you know, draw and paint. And that's how I expressed myself before, you know, yes. taking this class. And when I took this class, I figured out that I could do it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I could help other kids, you know, who are suffering mentally and help them in a creative way by them taking it out and by drawing it and, you know, by making them feel better. You bet. You bet. Oh, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. You know, what happens when people get creative, like you're saying, with painting, with mm-hmm. artwork, uh, you mentioned, you know, your interest in helping people with disabilities and depression. Well, you know, mm-hmm. 
when people engage themselves actively in something that's beautiful, creative, mm-hmm. and meaningful, the depression lifts. They become yes, liberated. The depression goes mm-hmm. bye-bye. Depression is largely a feeling of not knowing what's next, of feeling uncertain, of yeah. feeling perhaps anxious, right? And not having mm-hmm. community, not feeling connected. We're all yeah. connected. And it sounds mm-hmm. like you are very interested in creating that kind mm-hmm. of community where and connectedness for for these people who are suffering. Um, yeah. So beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, know it's great. We're all touched. We're all touched by everything, but we perhaps find ourselves touched, you know, like Natalia with the immigrant experience and yeah. you with mm-hmm. the uh, using art for people with disabilities and depression. I mean, there's just something that calls us in different directions. God knows we are all not supposed to do the same things. I mean, otherwise it would be like monocropping again. You know, we're all supposed yeah. to be different, right? Different uh, plants and bushes and flowers in the garden. And uh, what if they, if they were all white or all black or brown or green? You know, it's going to be, gee, God, couldn't you do a little better than that? You know? yeah. What happened to the rainbow? So I, I appreciate that. You know, one other thing, if I may add to this, Muriel, which is that uh, when people uh, commit to doing artwork for a period of time, mm-hmm. the two hemispheres of their brain become aligned and become coherent. And they can do mm-hmm. deeper feeling and deeper thinking and more intuitively and more creatively. That's what happens when the two hemispheres of the brain come together. And then there's another really interesting phenomenon that happens, which is that the heart becomes coherent as well. The heart is a brain. The heart is the seat of intelligence. All indigenous people knew that. They would say lines like, do as thy heart bid thee, like that. They don't and speak in old English, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. listen to the heart. You know, your grandparents probably said that to you at some point or another. Yeah. So the heart becomes coherent and actually becomes more intelligent relating to that idea we were speaking of before of an emotional IQ or emotional intelligence. So you know, I really support your your choices. So uh, thank, you. thank you for your... Thank you for your input here. Justin, por favor, how were you moved by the program, and how is that feeding into what you feel are choices you're making now for your future? Um, to, to give, a, I guess, a simplistic answer on it, like I uh, have stated before, just the whole essence of finding questions and answers on my own that's what I've done in my life in terms of I feel like in America there's no clear depiction of what it is to be a man in this country and yeah my whole life very good I point felt like my younger brother was someone that I've had to be responsible for and have him look up to me so when I went to college uh, I messed up and I didn't get good grades and I ended up dropping out but then I got back on my feet and ended up at a community college which most people would say isn't a good thing 
but the community college actually put me three years ahead. Wait, well, I would. I'm sorry. In a smaller amount of time than being at a four-year school. I have a friend that goes yeah. to the four-year school. We have the same type of degree, but I have so much more hands-on experience than him that I'm way more worth a company hiring me versus someone who just knows a lot of theory. So what mm. I learned from that was that just because things may seem like they're great for you, that doesn't mean they're great for you. You have to go and find your own answers because I took a negative and turned it into a positive by making sure that I was able to sustain for myself and have a tangible skill that I could hand down to my younger brother. That was something that the question project uh, kind of influenced me to, to have was knowledge is something that needs to be shared down so that it can expand. That is beautiful. What a story. You you made several really important points there. One is this whole social peer uh, defined idea of what school. Are you going to this school? Are you going to a private school? Are you going to CUNY? Are you going to SUNY? Are you going to Harvard? Are you going to a community college? Boy, life pushed you around a little bit. You didn't respond all that well. You got booted here and there, and then you came to your senses, <laughs> if you don't mind my putting it that way. And you well, jumped that's exactly in. exactly how it worked. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, like, yeah, nothing at all. That's something that no, no, not at all. Is failing or rejection. That's a part of life. We have, the only way to, right. to grow as a person is to understand that sometimes people are going to tell you no, sometimes you're going to get shot down. But other times you're going to have that experience where you're able to take it to the max. Like, let's say, this experience that I've gotten to be on your show with the question project. Yes. Exactly. You know, you're absolutely hitting it on the head, and I'm so pleased to hear this. Uh, you're right. It, we all get knocked down. I mean, I can't count. I don't have enough fingers to count the number of times I've gotten knocked down. It's not a matter of when you get knocked down and how many. It's a question of how many times do you get up. And you said that there is a kind of a vague definition of manhood in the society, and you're absolutely right. That's another excellent point that you raised. And I, I don't doubt for a second that Gerard and the team there address these ideas of what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman, a young man, a young woman. These are really important things because you really said it well, Justin. We do not have proper images and role models for what it is to be a man or, respectively, a woman in this culture. It is a mishmash. It's confusing. And we have to forge our own way unless we have a few mentors, a few models, like I believe that this institute is providing for all of you in terms of your respective, you know, genders, um, as well as all of the other things. I mean, I think it's important, and I think that you are actually uh, helping to exemplify this, that uh, we have these ideas of, of a man as macho, you know, machismo, and this is such a distortion of manhood. I'll say it right here and now on the air to all. It's a profound distortion and perversion of manhood because manhood is so much more than that. Yes, it has to do with being a little bit of a cowboy sometimes. It has to do with being able to 
stand up and be a warrior, but there are many ways of being a warrior. There's a physical warrior, there's an emotional warrior, and there's a spiritual warrior. And having heart and being vulnerable is every bit as much of being a man as it is a woman because it's being human. And we don't see this enough um, kind of put forward in our media, in the movies, you know, in television, et cetera, et cetera. We, we just don't get healthy images. So you're hitting on that and raising those questions, I think, is extremely healthy. So I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Um, and we get knocked down and no worry. Just pick yourself up, dust off your knees, and next. Can you imagine being an actor in this world where you go to audition after audition after audition and you hope to quote-unquote make it? You know, they probably get a thousand rejections to one acceptance. So you have to learn how to deal with that and not let your ego get too bruised and just allow it. It's part of the process. I see it as a learning process. And entrepreneurs say the same thing. They say, there's in my vocabulary, there's no such thing as a failure. There's only another lesson. So I just want to share those thoughts with you, with you all, actually. So... Gerard, mi amigo, I would love for you to weigh in here a little bit on what you've been hearing and comments you'd like to make here. Well, I'm struck. I mean, uh, Natalia I know very well because she's volunteered for us and been really uh, helping us shape um, the program. I mean, all of them were helping us at the beginning uh, define how this goes forward, but I hadn't heard from um, uh, from uh, the others for a while, you know. So um, it's really I- I'm struck by you know what the in a way it reflects back to me what the Question Project is about, which is mm-hmm. really uh, to create a space where students can define their own lives and feel like their own lives can be defined by themselves because so often uh, we are, um, uh, we are, you know, kind of uh, prompted to follow a particular path or, you know, a script or for yeah. what it means to be successful, for what it means, like Justin was saying, what it means to be a man. I'm so happy to hear you uh speak about it in that way because i think there's so much in life that um we need to figure out for ourselves and that allows us to be true to who we are so that's one thing that struck me mm-hmm. and um every one of you speaking in that way and then the other thing is how you think about purpose and this sense of care for others because the way I hear you both speaking, like Marielle, if you spoke to that, and Natalia, there's a lack of pretense in it. You know, sometimes when people speak about, like, I want to change the world, I, I feel like that's grandiose, you know. But I yeah. felt like the way you're speaking is really an expression of, of care and naturally what 
you want to give because you're connected, you know you're a human being amongst others. And then, and at the same time in Natalia, and what you were the way you were speaking about it, I was hearing like really thinking big too. So it's it's how to you know I think we need to care about the future in a big way, but without being grandiose and without being you know pretentious. And uh, so I like Natalia that you're really thinking about how that can be that the systemic nature of change that's well, needed too. So I'm just happy to hear everyone speak and just like I think the success is just that we really think for ourselves and be true to who we are. You know, that's really the success of the program. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, well, it's pretty evident, Gerard, that the questions that you have been posing to the students in the program are really getting a lot out of it. I, I take these three uh, students that are with us today as uh, examples of uh, many, many others who are really getting stimulated in another way. I mean, we live in an extremely materialistic and very consumerist and very superficial culture in many, many ways. You know, I mean, it's really profound. And Natalia, I think it was you who mentioned Europe. You know, I think it's really important that people have a larger picture of what this life is all about, that there are other countries with entirely different world views than we have here in the United States. When you travel abroad, whether it's to Europe or South America or Central America or Asia or Africa, you see how different the interpretation of life, of meaning, of culture, of everything is. And they would look at us and do look at us cross-eyed, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me that the most important thing for a high school student is what kind of uh, brand jeans you're wearing? <laughs> Where people will be willing to hurt each other for a certain kind of sneaker? You're kidding me. We're wondering where we're going to get our next pail of bucket of water to feed our little babies and to bathe them. And you're worrying about Jordache jeans? You know, I'm being a little, you know, playful and funny about it, but you know what I mean. And, you know, it's a real awakening for Americans to put themselves in the shoes of other people from much less fortunate, materially fortunate, and we're blinded sometimes by that fortune. So I'm just sharing a few thoughts, Gerard. Yeah. And I feel that it really seriously appears that your program is helping to awaken something much deeper inside these folks. Uh And uh, they're going to have a much more meaningful life because of it. So, I, yeah, I and just my to say here. that um, it's it's really um, the teacher. Uh, we train teachers to teach this class in the public schools, and the idea is not for the teacher to impart the knowledge, as is um, often required in other subjects but it's really to be a facilitator and co-explorer. And I find that 
beautiful. Uh, really, the class, the structure, it's only, it's really not doing, uh, what it's doing really is just creating a space for what's in students, the depth, the wisdom, the insights that's already in students to have an outlet to come out. So we're not, you know, I think, and Natalia, Justin, and Mary Alice were, I think part of the reason they've benefited is that they were courageous really in in doing that and really expressing who they are, what was stirring in them, uh, yeah. finding out, having the courage not to be sure, but just exploring and through that. And, they, and some of them have gone through, you know, enormous uh, challenges, but that spirit of, uh, I'm going to be, I'm just going to keep following who I am and finding out what life is about has really, you know, I mean, I'm, I can't wait to hear them speak in five years. I think they'll just be also mm. very different people than they are now. Definitely. That's a very, very good point for sure. And just to underscore yeah. what you were saying before, Gerard, uh, that the word education, of course, as you and I know, comes from the Latin educara, which means to lead out. It's not to jam in. It's to lead out, as in the assumption that what a person needs to uh, come forth with is already inside them. Yeah, someone, I think I heard Natalia wanting to say something. Yeah, please. I'd love to have you all say uh, some final words before we uh, conclude the show. Natalia? Yeah, thank you. So for anyone that's listening, they might not understand like how how, how it, I work the school settings. So I want to explain like how the class is, how a class is like in, from the question project. So it's a class where the teacher is a facilitator. So Gerard was talking about training the teachers. So the reason why there's a need to train teachers is because the teachers need to switch from a role of like, okay, this is my classroom. It's all about me, and I'm doing whatever I say. You know, is the most important thing. So yeah. looking at the students as the teachers, the students are teaching themselves. And the the teachers are mere um, just bringing up uh, just bringing up questions and facilitating activities. So mm-hmm. uh, so let me also explain how it goes week to week. So every um, day there's a different theme. So when you go into the class, you expect to have a different activity, a different topic, and students are are uh, is. The students are allowed a space. Like um, when I went to school, I went to school in the South Bronx, um, a school named Bronx Center for Science and Mathematics. And so, the, what we would do, our teacher is, and we would all interact with each other face to face. And we were, and that is where we build our identity in that classroom. I remember that's where we we understood ourselves. We we understood our fellow classmates. We would oftentimes we had such deep discussions that we felt like we felt so moved and touched, and not only that, but the teacher as well will share themselves, and we also felt connected to the teacher because they were being vulnerable as well. And when mm-hmm. you live, we when you come from the South Bronx, which is a very poor um, neighborhood in 
in New York City, you oftentimes don't feel like your life is in your hands. You know, you feel like the world is it determines how your life goes. But so that was a different um, change that it mm-hmm. being taught that hey, you have control over what happens with your life, and it connects us to our agency, that act of purpose. Thank you for laying that out like that. That helps give more, more concrete understanding of the uh, of the institute's work in a practical way on the ground, so to speak. So, thank you for that. Any last words you would like to share with our audience? Hello, Natalia. Um. Oh, I think Justin. Justin wanted to say something. Yeah, I know, but I, I just I'm going to wrap up. I just wanted you. You were just speaking. I just wanted you to Justin and Mary Ellis will speak then. But is there oh, okay. uh, is there any other word you want to just leave a last word with our audience? Oh yeah, okay. I want to say that um, I w- I hope for the future of education to to give just like we did in, in this podcast, which is beautiful, is give people space to to express themselves and. Everyone is different. Everyone has such a unique, um, such a uh, such such unique ideas, and you and a teacher can learn from a student as much as a student learns from a teacher. Yes, beautiful. Really appreciate it. Thank you for all of your input today. Really appreciate it, Natalia. And I wish you luck. Well, thank and please you. stay in touch and let me know as you continue to develop. I really would appreciate your your uh, keeping me in that loop. <laughs> of course. Okay, great. Mariella, would you like to share a few last words with our mm-hmm. audience? Of course. Um, so what I've gathered from this and this program is that, you know, the teachers make it so much of an open space and a space where, like, really the students are more cooperative and talking to class and the teachers are there to guide them you know, and, you know, uplift them to talk more and, like, open and be more, like, insecure. And also for them, for the teachers, you know, it's a space where they could be vulnerable with their students. Like, you know, you know, you've always wondered how your teachers feel, like, from a day-to-day basis or, like, how they feel after they leave from work, you know. Sure. And that's really opened a space for the students and the teachers. And, um... From what I gathered from this talk is that um, we really need um, to have more spaces where we could feel more human and we could talk more about these things and these questions and so much that we're not, you know, secluded to a label and to be something that, you know, just labeled us like the society. Mm-hmm. And, well, um yeah. Also, you know, to branch out and like, you know, anything is possible. Everybody's capable of anything as long as we put our mind and our heart to it. And that's what I, I got from truth. this talk. Yeah. Yeah. Really true. Really true. Well, those are very empowering words. So I, I thank you again for everything you shared with everybody today. It was very helpful. Very useful. Really appreciate it. Justin, your last words for everyone here. 
Um, thank you. I just want to say to anyone listening to the show that has ever been, you know, knocked down by anything or something has come into their life that has discouraged them to just not give up because you never know when it's your turn. And a lot of the times there's this depiction of people who are digging a hole and as soon as they get close to the gold or the diamond or whatever they think is the treasure, they stop digging because someone told them that they couldn't get to it. Yeah. Great. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. As they say, it's darkest right before the dawn. So keep going, man. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you again for all of your input today. And Gerard, what would you like to last share with our audience today? Well, first of all, to say thank you for having us. And uh, thank you also for uh, Maria, Justin, and Natalia for jumping in and uh, sharing your experience. Um, I think, I guess what what I'm thinking about just generally is uh, how much, uh, in light of everything that's happening now, and the reality that we are together as humanity, how important it is for uh, that to be a part of education for our humanity to be like a central part of the education, not just to add on in the schools and yeah. thing that yeah. we think is good for the students, but it's really what life is all about is really figuring out what we're doing here on earth as humanity and going forward into the future and making things, uh, doing our part, like Natalia said, to make things better um, for others or for life or for the planet or for animals, whatever it might be. So um, I'm grateful to have, um, to be together with the students to kind of uh, represent that for education. And hopefully um, one day our our hope is that there will be a new uh, core subject in education or some version of that so that we really... Mm -hmm area seriously and we we apply academic rigor to it so uh, students really think for themselves but also are able to explore together and be in it together so thank you beautiful that's beautiful you're so welcome and you make a very good point it's like the central issues of life are perceived as an add-on and what should really be is this should be the center and everything else and add on to this, you know. It's like just the opposite of what it should be. Teaching, meaning, purpose, values, priorities, sensitivity, compassion, patience, the virtues, in short, the virtues, uh, integrity, honor. Dignity, pride, love. I mean, can you imagine what kind of curriculum that would be? What kind of students would come out of that? Oh. Yeah. You're on your way. And the challenge that these are not things that we, education is meant to impart, you know, not to approach it that way. That's why it's challenging is, you know, the previous model tells us we need these things, even if we 
recognize that they're important, but actually they're a natural part of our humanity, so we just need to create a space for their natural unfolding. But it's thoughtful to random. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, all of you, I really uh, enjoyed your input today and sharing and educating our audience about about what the real world experience is in a place like the Bronx, New York, uh, and what the education is and what it's becoming because of the Institute for um, the Open Future that is really adding so much to each of your lives. It's very obvious, and uh, I really appreciate that very much. So thanks for being uh, members of the roundtable today, and I hope to hear from each of you on another occasion as you continue uh, growing and evolving. So with that, Gerard will give you my contact information and uh, love to hear from you, honestly, about how things are going. So good luck. Gerard, thanks for helping to arrange this, and I look forward to seeing you all another time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Truly. Thank you. You're welcome. What a pleasure. So I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. That was really quite enlightening to learn the real-world experiences of these young people who are beginning to grapple with becoming an adult, and they're in exactly that stage of development and of their lives. It's, it's beautiful to see. So this is Mitchell J. Rabin. As you all know, I'm at 212-420-0800. We provide counseling and coaching services here, and you are welcome to get in touch through that phone number or from my uh, immediate, I mean uh, direct email address, which is mjr at abetterworld.net, mjr at abetterworld.net. Please feel free. I love hearing your comments and your experiences of the show. Share it with others. Help to empower others as well. We are a nonprofit. We appreciate any donations. It helps us sustain on the air or sponsorships. It's wonderful. We welcome with open arms. We also have different types of uh, health and healing and wellness products that are useful. Our new website has just opened up, www.abetterworld.net, in addition to abetterworld.tv and the healing coaching website, mitchellrabin.com. So on that note, I want to just thank you all again for being part of today's show, Gerard Senehy and his Institute for open future and I want to thank you all for listening and I look forward to seeing you all next week.